0: and also protects our clients as well. You can learn more about UpHeal and the awesome work that they're doing in the world uh, by going to sellingthecouch.com forward slash UpHeal. And UpHeal is uh, spelled U-P and then H-E-A-L, all one word. And at checkout, be sure to enter the promo code COUCH25, C-O-U-C-H, and the number 25 to get 25% off your UpHeal plan for the first two months. Hello, hello. Welcome to session 324 of Selling the Couch. I hope that you're doing well and uh, having an awesome day. So today I have a very special guest. My guest today is Jeremy Enns from counterweightcreative.co. And uh, Jeremy and I actually connected on Twitter initially and then we are both part of a uh, a community for online creators run by Jay Klaus. And Jeremy and I just really connected. We've had uh, a Zoom call. Uh, we've sent a lot of DMs and messages to each other. And it, there's just, you know, some people you just feel like a real connection to. And you're grateful for for them and just for the friendship that you have with them. Uh, Jeremy actually does podcast marketing strategy for scrappy brands, networks, and creators who are looking to punch above their weight. And uh, you know, I've obviously I'm I'm a podcaster. I've been podcasting for seven years now, and I have a course for therapists who podcast. And yet, at the same time, I feel like podcasting is such a new space, and there are so many nuances to this, and so many elements where it's like continuing to grow. And I feel like I'm constantly learning. And one of the things that I wanted to have Jeremy on is just to share some of the tips. Jeremy works with a lot of different podcasts. His, um, collectively his, uh, the folks that he has worked with have, have had several million, uh, downloads. They've also made several million dollars in income and, And so he's learned a ton about what works when it comes to like podcast growth. And Jeremy is here to share some of the tips to grow a podcast, particularly if you are thinking about a podcast and you're sort of in that early stage and worrying about, hey, uh, is anyone going to be able to going to listen to this? And how do I sort of grow it strategically and intentionally? So we'll get right to today's podcast conversation. Here's my conversation with Jeremy Enns from counterweightcreative.co. Hey, Jeremy, welcome to Selling the Couch. Melvin, I'm
1: so, so grateful uh, to be here. I know that we've uh, had a couple connections before and uh, I know that this is just gonna be a, a fantastic conversation given the amount of overlap we have in, in interests and passions.
0: Yeah, absolutely. We were, Jeremy and I were talking about this right before, you know, we turn on the recording button and it is really crazy, right? Like, one, what a world we live in, right? Where you and I, I mean, the chance of us like meeting, right? What is the chance, right? Like, I mean, you're, you're travel everywhere, right? I'm in Philadelphia. And yet, yeah, you're right. Like we have so many common interests, passions, everything from tech to podcasting to we both love landscape photography and are into that. And yeah, I'm just so grateful for you, brother, and uh, grateful that we get to have this conversation. And uh, I know that folks that are launching and growing their podcasts are going to get so much value out of this. I know I'm going to be a student as I'm going to be jotting down notes as I ask questions <laughs> as well.
1: Awesome. Well, I'm looking forward to it.
0: You work with a lot of different podcasts. Uh, you have learned a lot about podcasting. One of the things that I struggled with when I first launched in 2015, it's funny, these same questions I feel still come up, but the question was always like, is this like a fad? Or is this like a medium that's here to stay? And what is like, how do you respond to that?
1: Yeah, you know, it's funny because I working in podcasting since 2015 or so. um, Yeah, I think 2015 was when I started. Like, I also had the same question for many years. And I I guess I still do. I think with the way tech goes, it's none of us can actually predict like what's going to stick around and what's not. I think podcasting at this point, like the first two to three years, I was really I don't know if I was worried, but I was kind of had the mentality of, you know, I'm going to make the most of it while I can. This might not be here forever. Probably in 10 years, like podcasting won't exist. Now, I think certainly in 10 years, podcasting will exist. I, I just came across this uh, idea. I can't remember what it's called now, but it was in, uh, I think it was started by two comedians. And then it was actually adopted by Nicholas Nassim Taleb in, I think, Anti Fragile. He talked about it. And I can't remember the name of this concept, but it's essentially that I think it refers mainly to like inorganic things. And so I suppose podcasting would uh, constitute an inorganic thing. But that if the longer it's been around, the longer it's likely to be around. And so if podcasting has been around five years, there's a pretty good chance that it's going to be around another five years if the kind of existing conditions haven't changed drastically you could probably argue that, you know, the conditions are always changing fairly drastically. So, you know, maybe podcasting won't be around in five years. But uh, I just came across that this weekend. I was like, Oh, that's really interesting. And that seems to be able to help predict a lot of stuff around us in our lives, and maybe either help us get get some certainty around it, or, or maybe like, look at like, okay, this hasn't been around that long, it's the chances of it actually sticking around, even though there's a lot of hype right now, aren't, you know, it's not a certain thing. So I think right now, like, and we were just talking about, I just, uh, got off of podcast movement, uh, came back two days ago, it kind of wrapped out three days ago. And it feels like, you know, being there in all the big industry events, there's lots of stuff happening, more and more people getting involved. So uh, it seems to me that all the, the indicators are that, yep, this is going to be around for a long time, and that it's still at the very, very early stages.
0: Yeah, it is. And I think that last point is such a nuance, right? Like, because I think the other side of that is, I think a lot of folks that are listening, they're like, oh my gosh, is this like too late to launch this? Right. And I do think I agree with you that it is in the early stages. And not at all to put you on spot, like, but what are some things that you're seeing that you're like, hey, we're really early in this thing. We're it's not like exactly saturated.
1: Yeah, I think the big the big thing for me, and this it matters to the average indie creator, although it's probably something that you won't like realize until it comes around, but just like the tech being built around it, like right now, it feels like in podcasting, like, oh, yeah, you know, hosting is is pretty easy now compared to what it used to be, you know, when people started podcasting 15 or, or 20 years ago, you had to like build your own server or like, you know, I i don't even know what you all have to do. I'm not that technical. And so like, the average person was not starting a podcast, whereas now the average person in a few clicks can get up and running. So like that has become so much easier. But I know like one of the things that for better or for worse, will like really shape the industry is like advertising technology, which is pretty nascent right now. And there was a big kind of pre-conference summit that I didn't go to but um, if anybody's in the podcasting space there's a newsletter called sounds profitable which has kind of become much more than a newsletter but it's essentially entirely about like ad technology and like there's a lot of new companies coming up in there and if you look at you know YouTube or TV or print media or anything like advertising there it's pretty ingrained in that kind of publishing business model and it is you know it's getting a foothold in podcasting we're all aware of like the HelloFresh ads, or you know, MeUndies, or whatever it has been, these kind of mass media ads. But it's not necessarily very easy to track any of those. And so, you know, as it gets easier to get attribution for companies saying like, "Oh, okay, we spent this much money and we got this result." That's going to attract more money into the space, which should you know make space for more creators to make a living off of it and kind of infuse more money on the the creator side and uh, the kind of small business side that many of us are are operating in. So, I think that that kind of will will help kind of lift the industry up over time. And then the, the kind of similar one to that that's much more interesting to me is on the marketing side where it's the same thing where like it's really hard to track data around podcasting. Like even like the question of like what counts as a listen? Like we don't really have like too much information on that is like if somebody clicks play for five seconds, like does that count as, should that be counted as a listen? If they listen for a minute, does that count the same as somebody who listens through a full episode? And so a lot of this stuff like it's kind of coming together. But I think that, you know, probably in in five or 10 years, we'll like look back at at that, assuming podcasting still around and be like, that was kind of crazy that we couldn't measure any of that stuff. And we didn't really know who was listening or like, you know, how to interact with them that well. So I think there's so much kind of technology being built, that's going to further make it easier, not only to create podcasts, but also to like engage with your listeners and kind of have that two way feedback. Because I know, as a, a podcaster yourself, you've probably experienced that, that, a lot of times, especially when you're starting out, and that can last even, you know, the first year or two, it can just feel like this one way communication method where you're just not getting anything back. And you have, you see the download numbers, but you're like, are these actually real? I've never like actually heard from someone who, you know, emailed me or or whatever it was uh, to engage
0: back. Yeah, absolutely. I think what's also fascinating is, and I don't know if you, I'm sure you've noticed this, you know, like we're both on Twitter, and I, you know, and I know we both are on like, follow YouTube videos and stuff, right? interesting to see like these twitter creators and these youtubers starting to get into podcasting and these mm-hmm. are folks with like sizable audiences yeah. i have thoughts on like why that is but i mean i was wondering like if you had any thoughts on if you if you noticed that one and then any thoughts on why you think that might be happening
1: yeah i've seen that as well and i think there are a couple explanations i think the one I, I, well, I was going to say more cynical. I don't think it's necessarily cynical because we're all trying to like build our businesses and open up new revenue streams. But I have heard that uh, from an advertising perspective, at least like podcasting, the the CPM rates are higher than anywhere else. Mm-hmm. And so you could kind of say like, oh, it's it's whether it's a cash grab or a new revenue stream or whatever it is, like, I think there's value there that for people on different platforms and getting into podcasting. And so that's, you know, one, one side of it that I think is probably true to some extent, And then the other one that I think is probably more accurate, especially for savvier creators is that like podcasting, if you're looking to build affinity or like long-term trust, like a deeper relationship with someone, it's just much easier to do that. It's almost like a product of the amount of time you spend with someone. And if the average YouTube video is 10 minutes or something like that, and the average podcast episode is 45, and you're able to, you know, listen to podcast episodes while you're doing all these other things, like it just opens up more real estate for people to spend time with you kind of, Uh, kind of like more surface area there of their day that they could spend engaging with you and your content for like your, your biggest super fans. So I think for me, like that's, that's probably the reason behind it is people recognize like, okay, YouTube and Twitter are great for some things like discoverability. I think YouTube, you can build a lot of trust with someone if they put out a lot of videos and even, you know, 10 minute videos, if they have a hundred videos out there, that's a lot of time to spend with someone and getting that, you know, additional layer of video on top of audio, you get a, a good sense of people too. But I think that podcasting is typically so much more raw in a way where like to, to grow on YouTube, you have to have like super tight, highly scripted, edited videos that you know, they're professional and they're really slick, but they kind of, you know, lower the humanity and the nuance a little bit. So I think like podcasting is just such a great avenue to add that to, to anyone's kind of creative platform.
0: Yeah, I think that all everything I think you said is, is super spot on. I mean, even to give like a tangible example of this, I've recently just, I mean, I think last week had a conversation with a colleague that decided to join, you know, a mastermind that I offer. And they were like, I've been listening to you for years. Right. And there's just something, I think, when you're literally in the ears of people, Mm -hmm. right? Because most people are, you know, while working out or doing something, they've got, you know, AirPods or earbuds in, right? Like, there's just some deep, like, psychological connection, right? And, I mean, I felt this on podcasts that I listen to, which is, like, I feel like the more I listen, like, Pat Flynn, like, I feel like, oh, I know Mm -hmm. Pat. You know, there's a connection that you feel with the host, even though you've never met them. Yep. Yep. Uh, which is like super interesting right
1: yeah I feel that for for tons of people and uh, I always tell the story about Seth Godin where I you know was aware of him just because if you're in marketing how can you not be Uh, he's like the almost the biggest legend in in marketing there is Um, you can maybe look at some of the old like uh, mad men advertisers maybe would be up there but uh, in like kind of like currently active marketers he's like the godfather so I've been aware of him for a long time but never really engaged with much of his content. I think I started one of his books, but it didn't really grab me at the time years ago. But then I came across his podcast. And it's funny that even that when I first started listening, I listened to the first five episodes or something. I was like, oh, this is really good. And then it like dropped off. And then it was like two years before I came back to it and started listening again. And it just like, hooked me. And I, by that point he had a hundred episodes and I listened through them all in a month or something like that. And after that, I like, I ran out of episodes. I was like, okay, well, I'm going to start listening to his books. And so then I listened through like six books of his, like just back to back to back. And uh, then I like bought one of his courses and attended like one of his like summits or something like that. And so it was just like, something about the audio like I could do it I could binge through it while I was out you know walking to the coffee shop in the morning or whatever and it was just like I couldn't get enough of it and uh, the podcasting allowed me to do that and then when there was no more podcasting it was like well I got to find other ways to engage with him deeper and there was then you know books and paid products and all this other stuff
0: yeah it's so interesting and I think you're spot on right like because podcasts generally tend to be longer I think that time to build that connection I think is accelerated like significantly So we're going to, you know, spend uh, some time just talking about, you know, you've learned a ton about like how to grow podcasts and we can even use like mine because I was, you know, I love just being open and transparent and I was sharing this with you. Like STC, I'm so grateful for like, you know, we average somewhere 23 to 28,000 downloads a month, but it's kind of like stayed at that for, for, I would say like 15, 16, 17, 18 months now at Mm -hmm. least. Mm -hmm. Uh, And before it was like, you know, like steady kind of growth. And I have no idea what to do. Like, I don't know how to, you know, and I'm grateful. Like, I don't want, like, that's a lot of downloads and I really am grateful for it. But it's also like, am I doing something wrong? (laughs) Like, and, you know, and so we can even use STC as an example, but I would love to just pick your brain on some of the things that you've seen, like how to grow a podcast, because I think that is like a fear a lot of folks have. And maybe we can actually start here before we go too much in STC, because I think someone starting a podcast, right? I think one of the biggest fears is, oh, my gosh, like, who's going to listen to this thing? Yeah. Right.
1: Yeah. So, yeah, I think that that's, that's a great place to start. That's where where everybody starts. And I think there's for me, like everything starts with expectations. Uh, I remember hearing a quote that like the root of all unhappiness is misaligned expectations. And that I heard that on I think it was one of our client shows years and years ago. And immediately that struck me, I was like, started like playing scenarios through my mind. And I was like, that seems to really fit pretty much any time I'm unhappy it's like because I expected something different than what I got and I think like on the one hand we could go like really big and be like that's kind of just life and we're kind of ridiculous in all of our expectations we we imagine the best possible scenario and how often does that actually happen and so I think when it comes to marketing and business and you know creativity like I think it's it's worth shooting for that best possible you know, outcome that we are, we're hoping for. I think we are all naturally inclined to you know see this thing in our minds. This is what we want to build and create and and shoot for that, but also have some realistic expectations that like, okay, either the chances are that we're not actually going to achieve that or that we can achieve that, but it's going to take way longer than we're imagining. And I think a lot of times with podcasting, people start and they're like, okay, within six months or a year, I'm going to have this, you know, tens of thousands of people listening to the show. And that's, probably just not going to happen when you look at most people who build big audiences especially if you're like even if you have all the expertise and skill in the world it is an entirely different thing to learn how to build an audience online and I I imagine that's where a lot of your audience is coming from and I think that that can be really frustrating for subject matter experts who especially if you're like highly educated and are like credentialed. And it's like, I have put in the work, like I, you know, and I'm, and this is when it's really frustrating is when there are other people who are less credentialed, less qualified, who understand marketing, who are doing better. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of you can get really bitter about that, or you can kind of just say, like, I just need to learn how to do this other skill now. And like, I have all this, you know, uh, expertise and skill to back that up. So I'm going to have, hopefully an easier time. And like, I, I am worthy of like being listened to. But I need to learn how to translate that into an online environment. And that might take a few years. But when you look at, okay, if I invest five or 10 years in doing this, like look at the scale that's possible, like there's no other way to achieve that. And so this is a worthwhile endeavor to, you know, start working towards. So that would be the the first thing I, I kind of like, talk through with people a lot of times is like, okay, this is not going to be if you don't get into podcasting, if you're like, within this year, I need this to pay off, I need to be making this much money. I usually think about it as like, think about this as like a five year project. And you know, it's going to open up all kinds of opportunities, you can't even imagine that they're not necessarily going to be what you're thinking you're going to get out of this, like just new clients coming in the door, like, you're going to have guests on your show who you're going to partner with and become, you know, best friends with or you know, whatever it is that there's all these intangibles. And even like learning to speak better and communicate better. There's there's all these side benefits that this is usually where I like to start with people is like, okay, like, yeah, we're going we want to achieve these goals. But like, let's also look at some of these other things that can actually be happening in the background that we can be seeing the benefits of immediately, even before we get a single download. And maybe that's like learning how to structure media content and things like that. Like that's a hugely valuable skill going forward in the way the world and, and business is going. So that's, that's really the like the first place where I, I like to start with people.
0: Yeah, I think like going back to your quote, right? Like the root of unhappiness is misaligned expectations. And I think you're absolutely spot on. I think there is this discrepancy between, you know, the folks listening, you know, typically listening to this podcast tend to, you know, tend to have advanced degrees. And there is like this thing of like, okay, well, I have this knowledge. And then it's such an act of humility, right? To be Mm -hmm. able to say, you know what? Like, I love that framing you said of saying, you know what, this is just another skill set that I need to learn. Like, it's not an indication on my competence or my self-worth, right? Yeah. That's a beautiful way of saying it. So,
1: yeah. And uh, yeah, I think I, I love that idea of humility and just like the the kind of like the Buddhist idea of beginner's mind. I think that that's, that's something that I try to remind myself of a lot because I think with creativity and with marketing And with business to an extent, like everything's always changing. Mm -hmm. And if you, I I feel like the moment you start to think like, I've got this figured out and I've just got my system that's going to work forever. Mm -hmm. Like it's it's not like you need, you need just need to always be like engaging in that world and kind of like seeing what's shifting and changing and adapting to it. And I think that there's a, I think that people who struggle like approach the marketing side of things as something like you have to do in order to do the work you really want to do, which I think all of us start out there I certainly did and I think most creative people start out that way where it's like really I want to like do my art and I want to help the people in the way that I do practice my craft I don't want to have to do any of that other stuff and I think for me what started to shift like the big unlock for me when it came to marketing was realizing that like oh what I thought of was marketing was just like one kind of marketing and it was this really small piece of a a bigger idea of what marketing could be and that actually marketing can be kind of just entwined with everything that I do it can like it can become part of the craft itself where it it now to me it kind of feels like it's all just the same thing like marketing to me when I hear creative people talk about not liking marketing I'm like marketing is the most creative thing imaginable you get like I get to use my like photography skills and I love writing and I love you know graphic design and like all these different things and I'm like I get to do all of the creative things in one in order to you know help communicate an idea I care about and so for me that was like really marketing is just another form of communicating ideas that are beneficial that will help the people I want to serve. And that to me is like a much more exciting and motivating and energizing way to approach it rather than this like yucky thing I have to do in order to get people into like the real value.
0: Yeah, it's like a seeing it like not as like a means to an end but really seeing as like a holistic integration and something that I can use my skill set and my yeah, and sort of my natural giftings. Right. And just integrating into the podcast. I really like that.
1: Yeah. And I think that that like people first, there's this mental shift where like you you think like marketing couldn't possibly be fun. Mm-hmm. And I think like, if you can find a way to make marketing fun, like that's the only way it's like really going to work for you in the long run. And probably that exists. Like a lot of people I talk to, you talk about like, I don't want to be on social media. Well, like you don't have to be on social media to do marketing. Like you could just do podcast guest interviews. And I think especially for people who are, you know, highly credentialed experts, like you are great podcast guests, especially if you like know how to communicate, tell stories and like communicate those ideas. Like, you will be able to find opportunities to speak on podcasts or do like guest blogging or on stages. And like, those are all valid forms of marketing that don't require you to be on social media at all. Mm-hmm. And so I think like, it's about looking outside of what you think, you know, this small box of what marketing is and understanding like, okay, like, what do I actually how do I actually like showing up? And like, how are there ways then to interact with other people who may have already built audiences in that way? that I can kind of showcase myself. So if you love writing, like guest blogging, if you like being on video, doing summits or, you know, video podcasts or guesting on like YouTube channels or speaking or any of those things. And if you like, you you know, just having conversations with people like we're doing now, like podcast guesting is a great way to do that. And so I think like, there are, and if you love social media, like there, you know, the world is kind of set up for you that way already. There are many platforms and you don't need to be on all of them, but you can find one where, you know, you find your people and the uh, the content is presented in a way that that feels natural to you. And so I think that that's a, a big kind of like shift in thinking is like, you know, what do I actually like doing? And like, how can I just find ways to do that? Probably with other people who've already built audiences to get in front of uh, those people as well.
0: Yeah, it's a really good point. There's a a term I heard like fairly recently called platform agnostic. And so, Mm -hmm. and I love that because it's like, to me, like the way I heard it was being able to take a step back and say, you know, what are like, my natural skills and abilities, you know, like you and I both love photography. And so how do I then integrate that into like my natural abilities and things that I'm passionate about into how I show up in the world? Right. Versus yeah. like, I got to be on insert so- social media because everybody else is on it. Right. Like that is never, at least my experience is never a, like a good idea for long-term sustainability.
1: No. Yeah. I think that's the other thing too, with, with any kind of marketing that you do, Like one of the reasons it has to be fun is kind of like tying these two things together. We've already been talking about is that it's not going to happen overnight. And so if you're going to be doing something for a year or two or three or five, and, and maybe that changes over time, but like right now. I feel like I've really found a groove on Twitter, which I never thought I didn't understand the platform for years. Finally, like I got on and like actually kind of studied it for six months and was just engaged and passively took it in and kind of then started to realize like, oh, I see how I can contribute in a way that like makes sense to me and doesn't feel like I'm forcing it. And now I'm kind of like, yeah, I can write, you know, Twitter posts and and threads and stuff like this forever like i have the ideas i have a, an avenue to share those ideas i know how to structure them for twitter now that feels fun and it kind of feels like a game to some extent of like you know how can i write a, a great hook that gets more people into this Im- important idea um and so i think like once you you realize that then it's like oh now now i see how this can be fun and i see how this can be successful as well but you kind of need to do some experimenting and like probably, you know, many of the things you're looking at right now, you're just not looking at it from quite the right angle. Like for me with Twitter, I was, you know, had an account for five years and thought it was dumb and like, essentially just a cesspool of like political, you know, <laughs> trash talking and everything it was like, I don't want to be on there. And then I I kind of came around to discovered this other community on Twitter of like, really creative, good hearted marketing people. And I was like, Oh, this is awesome. I, I love these people. I want to hang out all day with these people every day.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I, I feel like you're more versed on Twitter. I'm just like, I got on Twitter and then I had to take a little break because I think I was in that process of like trying mm-hmm. to figure out. But I I I have found the same experience. It has been very surprising the type of folks that you find on Twitter. I mean, it just you're right. Like these are people that could like are your friends. You know, you just genuinely yeah. enjoy uh, being with them. So you shared a couple of really good ideas. So one is like seeing it as a long runway, right? Like mm-hmm. and you know multiple years in order to podcast growth. Two is marketing the podcast in a way that's fun. And so I was wondering if we could go a little deeper into that part of it, like mm-hmm. some really like concrete, tangible examples of, I don't know, even maybe we can take like, you know, sort of you or me, right? And how would we market, right? Like, you know, for me, I know like, I don't love doing video, right? Mm-hmm. But I do like writing, but I do, well, I, I realized nuance, I can't just sit in front of the thing and uh, like, and just write a Twitter thread. I think I have to speak at first, like loom mm. myself yep. and about what I'm going to talk about. Then I look, watch the loom and, and then write the thread, yep. but little like things like that, that you found really helpful of like, you know, it's been helpful for you.
1: Yeah. So, so I love what you mentioned there too, is because I feel like as we're talking about some of the more tactical things, keep in mind that like almost anything that, that I found you read in a blog post, like do this, do that, whatever, here are the tips. Like, you need to like play with those and like smash them up a little bit to fit like your mold almost. And so like for you, like writing, you have a very specific way that maybe nobody else in the world actually does that. It's not that unique. So probably other people do that as well. But like, I've also heard people talking about like recording into like a transcription like Otter or something like that, where it transcribes it. Then they write from that. Whereas other people have very different methods of writing. So I think, you know, when we're talking about ideas, like many of these, what I found has been like, you have to customize it entirely to yourself, but like the ideas are are solid. So mm-hmm. I would just uh, suggest that people keep that in mind. The second thing then is I think it depends a lot when it comes to growth, like the active or the actual actions that you're taking on where you're at. So we were talking about your show before, which has, you know, more than 20,000 downloads a month, that's going to be very different marketing strategies than if you're just trying to get your first 100 listeners. Mm-hmm. And so if let's start with somebody who's like at the very beginning they've like just started the show just trying to get their initial listeners this is where to some extent it might be a little bit less fun at the start and usually like what i like to think about is like your first 100 listeners especially is most of that's going to be like one-to-one connections with people and that's not to say you're like going out and just like pitching people in their dms or something like that but like being engaged in communities whether that's on you know LinkedIn, or uh, Twitter, or Facebook groups, or private communities that you're a part of, and just like being an active participant and sharing where relevant. And this is something that like, you you hear a lot, and I it, it never really clicked for me. And I think the reason it didn't click for me is because I didn't actually, I hadn't found a community I actually wanted to engage with outside of marketing myself. Mm-hmm. And so I think like, that's a huge first step. And I think if you can't find that community, that's an interesting sign that like, well, okay, then why do I want these as my listeners? If I don't actually like being in part of a part of this community, why do I want these people listening to my podcast? Because if the ultimate goal is for them to work with me and I don't actually like these people, well, that that's not really a great sign then. So I think like the other thing that I've done that most people do is you find 10 different communities and you try to be in all of them and, we were talking about this uh, before we we started recording too. uh, just being at a conference. And I used to have that kind of mindset as well. I want to connect with, you know, 100 different people. Whereas this time, I connected with like really deeply with two people in particular. And I feel like that's going to be way more valuable than, you know, a broad array of connections. And so I think same thing goes for for most types of marketing. And with this kind of community driven one to one marketing, it's like, find a place where you want to show up every day for like 15 minutes and just contribute to different posts. Most days, you'll probably never talk about your podcast at all. But it's like, there will be occasions where it makes sense to like post an episode. And the more specific you can be with like, oh, that's a interesting question. I actually talked about this at, you know, 1535 of this episode, like make it so easy for people to get to like the good stuff that actually helps them. Because nobody's going to listen through a 45 minute episode when they're just looking for a quick answer to a question in, you know, an online forum somewhere. Um, And so make it's as easy as possible for people to get into that. But also, I would say, just start like one on one conversations with people. So this has been something that has just been amazing for me through Twitter, and you can do it anywhere. But you know, I'll be in a public kind of thread kind of comment, uh, going back and forth will be a part of this conversation. And you know, there'll be someone there that we just have this great little back and forth over five or six kind of replies. And so then, you know, oftentimes, like, we'll both at the same time, like go start a a DM, and it'll be like, kind of like awkwardly funny. Um, But if even if they don't, like, I'm gonna do that, I'm gonna be like, hey, it seems like we've got a lot in common. What are you working on? What's interesting in your world right now? And you just get started in a private conversation and sometimes like that'll just be that you'll go back and forth a number of times and maybe it makes sense like usually probably if you ask what they're doing what they're working on they're going to ask what you're working on and you can kind of say oh i've got this podcast i also do this and this and if they're you know interested in the podcast they're going to be like oh that sounds really interesting and you've now kind of got you know this kind of thread out there for them to follow when the time is right. And even if they don't listen now, now they have associated with you this idea that like, okay, Melvin, he's got a podcast about this. Like I'm gonna keep that in mind. And maybe if I come across someone, maybe I'm not gonna listen right now, but if I come across someone who fits that and because they're in this community of people who are all interested in the same thing, Probably they do know people who would be interested in that. Now you've got someone who can potentially start doing your marketing for you a little bit because they have like a good association with you. They had just had a nice conversation. You didn't try to sell them on anything. You weren't like shoving your podcast down their throat. And so they're actually likely to share it for you, even if they don't listen. And then beyond that, like what often happens in those those comment kind of or, or DM conversations is we'll go back and forth like 20 times and be like, okay, we should just set up a Zoom call like we've got so much in common. And a lot of times, especially in online communities, like people are all building their own thing. And all of a sudden you get on a call and it's like, oh, we realize there's this this way to collaborate together that we can like both give each other a little bit more exposure. Mm -hmm. And so like for me, this has been my like bread and butter marketing. Like I I call it like I, I guess it's a strategy, but it's kind of just making friends like a lot of it has there's been no strategic value to it except that I've like made a friend who like also gets what I'm doing and is doing something maybe unrelated. And so like, if nothing else, like the, there's no downside even if you can't like grow your audiences or businesses together you've got someone else kind of in your corner now who might be an advocate for you or might just be someone to talk to from time to time when you're like hey i'm like trying to do this have you figured out any any way to do this mm-hmm. and so this i think especially when you're small but this this can continue like you can keep doing that strategy up until you're you know to grow to any size and i would say you know as you continue to level up your network you just get access to more and more people who are have bigger and bigger audiences and more and more opportunities start coming your way but that that's really where where I think is the really the building blocks of, of a lot of marketing of like content and things like that is just like being embedding yourself like in the community you want to be a part of and that you like if you if you have a community of people that you're like i wish that was my community i wish all of those were in my private facebook group or whatever Mm -hmm. don't try and start your own facebook group go be an active member of that one and it's gonna you're gonna have a way easier time actually building up that kind of critical mass to the point where you know maybe one day you do go start your own private group but um that that i think is the the biggest the biggest kind of like accelerant for for growth at the start is like not trying to skip the queue and like just go wall your yourself off initially is like go go live in the world where your people already are
0: yeah absolutely i think also like the other thing i took away from that is like doing things that don't scale um mm-hmm. at the beginning mm-hmm. because and then you know i think a lot of times like i don't know if it's just the the time we live in or social media what it is but like we forget, like, ultimately it's about relationships, right? Mm -hmm. And somehow I think sometimes when we get on social media, I know sometimes I struggle with this at times, which is like, you forget that it's just about connecting with people and just being helpful and kind and thoughtful, right? That it's not just about like a tweet or, you know, some kind of like catchy, super like nice Instagram photo or reel or something, you know?
1: Yeah, I think somehow our like categorizations of relationships mess with this because we don't necessarily think that like a friend is in the same place as a customer or a client or an audience member and maybe we have some kind of hang-ups around that and maybe that's because our existing friends don't get what we do and we think like well my like friends those aren't the people i want to be or it feels like like there's more pressure if you have a friend who is in your program or something like that or that you're working with where you have you know you're coaching them or something like that then there's this like power imbalance and so, you know, maybe to some extent that's true, but I like to think about like really the people I want to work with, I would also want to be friends with. Maybe we never become close friends, but like they ha- they're they interested in the same things. We have the same like vibe that we're able to relate to each other. And so that's usually w- at this point when I'm thinking about marketing, I'm like, I want to go out and find the people that, you know, I would want to be friends with who are like into this topic that, that like I can serve them in some way. And I think that that's a great clarifier of like how to know, who you're actually trying to connect with, um, which is always such a hard exercise when you're thinking about, you know, audience avatar or things like that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Jeremy, I can't believe our time has flown, (laughs) but yeah, it's just, it's amazing. I think marketing in general, like when you look at it from this like lens, right. Of like authenticity and just connecting with people. And then I think like with the podcasting piece, I think it's just so fascinating because I know a lot of clinicians are listening to this and I and I truly believe this and not just like abstractly but I feel like as therapists like talking to people is just a natural, podcasting is basically a natural offshoot of what we do in mm-hmm. the therapy room and it yep. just makes a lot of sense and I think most of us are, our verbal abilities are probably more developed anyway. Yep. Right and uh, yeah it's just so fascinating and Jeremy I'm, I'm grateful for you uh, grateful for our friendship. I know uh, I feel like you know, we're going to continue to deepen our friendship. And uh, you're doing some pretty amazing stuff in the world to support podcasters. And I was wondering if you could tell us a little bit about that.
1: Yeah, so I've got a, a workshop coming up that's going to be all about I just decided on the name yesterday, there's like that like weird moment before you like decide on the name, you're like, what do I call this thing? So it's going to be called the uh, the minimalist uh, podcast marketing method, and so essentially, this is kind of building on on what we're talking about today about like little things you're you're probably like doing every day, but they're kind of misaligned, and how to like align those things using the time you're already spending to actually achieve more consistent growth, and so like heavily based on habits and and just small actions that make uh, big differences over time, kind of following that compounding effect. So uh, that's going to be happening at the the end of September. I think you'll have a link in the show notes that you can share. But uh, and then following that, I also have my uh, kind of flagship course called Podcast Marketing Academy, which will be opening up. Um, the workshop's going to be entirely free. It's going to be super valuable. I run these twice a year and always get fantastic feedback. And, and trying to just you know explore new ideas that aren't in the course, give a lot of value uh, in in other ways. And uh, and then for people who do want to go deeper on the in really learning the the ins and outs of podcast marketing, uh, Podcast Marketing Academy, I, I open that up twice a year for for people who are really committed to to leveling up their marketing game.
0: Perfect. And, uh, I'll definitely put that in the show notes for you guys. Uh, Jeremy, thank you for, uh, for this time. And, uh, I know I speak from, you know, all podcasters, how grateful we are for you and you being in this space. Uh, because like, I mean, just getting to know you, right. Like your, your heart is so good at your, so you're so kind and you're really like thoughtful about, you know, doing, building your business, but also like marketing in a way that is authentic and true and full of integrity. And I so appreciate you for that.
1: I appreciate you saying that, Melvin. And uh, I'm so grateful for you having me on. And and like you said, for our friendship as well. And uh, I'm excited to, to talk more in the future.
0: Sounds great. Have a great rest of your day. You too. Hey there, hope you enjoyed my conversation with Jeremy. And especially if you have been thinking and sitting on a podcast idea, or if you're like, really new into the podcasting space and you're like, Mel, like I am really struggling to launch this thing. I hope that today's podcast has just been really helpful for you. You know, even for me, like I I learned so much from all of these podcast conversations and there's just like one thing I was taking away, which is, you know, so much of any of these mediums, right, is just being able to stay in that medium for a long time, right? I was listening to a, uh, a recent YouTube conversation with Ali Abdal and Sahil Bloom. Ali's a physician who, um, Oxford educated physician who left medicine to go up YouTube full time and he's built like a $4 million a year business. Sahil was a, uh, went to Stanford, um, I think has an economics degree, uh, was actually on Stanford's college te- uh, college baseball team. And uh, he's in the finance space, and he also has like a massive following, like over half of a, uh, no, 500 million, no, sorry, 500,000 followers on Twitter. And uh, it was just a fascinating conversation. And they were both saying, you know, what they've noticed is that the most successful creators think in long runways. And for them, it was like, they think in 10 plus year runways. And I just thought it was such an interesting way of looking at things you know, especially I think something like podcasting where it is so easy to be like, oh my gosh, like, and I completely understand because like in the early days of SDC, when like I had not monetized in any sort of way, I was like, oh my gosh, like how much longer can I hang on? And honestly, for me, like at that point, I was just still doing clinical work and the podcast, and I was like using the clinical income to like support the podcast to like hire an editor. And then slowly, you know, as I, Built out the healthcasters course and as we incorporated other elements, podcast sponsorships and affiliate income and the mastermind and all of this stuff, like, you know, been able to fortunately monetize it. But I think the only thing that just like looking back, it was honestly just creating that long runway and just saying, like, I want to be in this space for a long time. Because like being creating that long runway gives you the flexibility and the space to. Uh, to think so intentionally and to actually give you the time to like get data and figure out products and services. Jeremy has a ton of stuff going on uh, to help podcasters market their their uh, services. So, including the Podcast Marketing Academy, uh, which you can find over at CounterweightCreative.co forward slash Podcast Dash Marketing Dash Academy. Uh, or just go to counterweightcreative.co and you should be able to find it right there. Have a great rest of your day and I'll see you next time. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Selling the Couch podcast.
1: For more great content and to stay up to date, visit www.sellingthecouch.com.